Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Pastor Steve Gray and Pastor James Copang, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm great. I'm doing great. Awesome. How you doing, James? I'm doing good. It's so good to be with you guys. Nico, Isaiah, man, we're in this. I'm excited. Authentic revival. And I yes. this podcast. Yes. Also, I want to talk about quickly before I'm, I have I cut you guys loose. And thank you so much, Yvonne, for that donation. Thank you so much. You know, guys, when I first got saved, I get radically saved. You know, I was an atheist, as many of you know. I get radically saved. And I thought I was just crazy when God started speaking to me. There was going to be a revival at my house. So I started Googling revivals on Google. Literally, I was saved, Pastor Steve, probably five days, and I started Googling revival. Well, your guys' page, World Revival Church, was the first thing to pop up on Google when I typed in revival. And this was in 2011. And so wow. I got on there. I started watching your guys' videos. And Pastor Steve, I, I binge-watched every one of your sermons. I went into your archives. I subscribed to World Revival Network. I got all of them. And I just stayed up day and night watching your videos, saying, God, I know there's more people out there. And I watched, I followed the page i followed the revival that was happening at that time on daystar and uh, it was just so powerful so about a year went by and james coping actually reached out to me on facebook and so i got this message from a guy named james and so he was like hey let's connect let's talk um i'm a, i'm a pastor at this church revival church and i didn't put two and two together at the time so i'm at my first apartment i call him up and me and him are talking for I don't know, was it probably like, what, an hour and a half, two hours? And we just had a powerful time. About an hour in, I was like, so what church are you at again? And he said, oh, World Revival Church. I said, hmm, that sounds familiar. Where is that at? He said, in Kansas City. And all of a sudden, I'm not lying to you, bro. I just freaked out in my parking lot of my apartment. I said, no way. I said, you're at World Revival Church, the one on Daystar? He said, yes. I said, Bro, I've been watching you guys. Literally, you guys got me through so many times of feeling alone, so many times of being hungry for revival. And then I ended up going out there, just so you guys all know, in 2013 and preaching at World Revival Church. And I'm telling you guys, as I intro them, I'm telling you guys, I don't know if I know a church like that I've been doing 10 years of traveling, Come preaching, on. been to hundreds of churches, been to almost every state. God is doing something so special at World Revival Church. And when I say that, I'm talking, they're the only church I've ever been to. And I'm going to say this to all you hundreds watching, where literally from the front of the building to the back of the building, every single person is worshiping. Every single person is crying out. Every single person is running to the altar. The night I preached, they literally held the people back because the people are so hungry for awakening, for revival, for the Come move on. of the Holy Spirit. It is unlike anything I've experienced. And now I have pastors all the time saying, if I could go to one church in America, where would I go to experience? I tell them all the time, World Revival Church. I've told more people about you guys than probably any other church. I've been a part of this church, so you guys know, since 2013, I think it was. And this is just a powerful ministry, a powerful church. I devoured all Come of on. Pastor Steve's books, which like I said tonight, we're giving some of them away through Amazon. And and uh, I am so honored. I want to say this before I enter you guys. I'm so honored to have you both on here. I honor you, Pastor James. I honor you, Pastor Steve. You guys are legends for revival. I don't take this lightly. I don't take your time lightly. Um, I've been wanting to have you on, but I thought, okay, let me build up this platform a little bit more before I have you guys on. Just so we get maximum exposure, maximum reach. And so thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Me and Nino honor you guys. You guys are family. Uh, the last time I was there, Pastor Steve, and you did the pastor's meeting, I texted that video to every one of my pastor friends that that session just totally rocked me on what you shared about so 
um, I would love for you guys, I guess, James, you can start just maybe talk about, you know, how you got saved at the revival, James, some of your testimony, and then Pastor Steve will just let him go for it and talk about the revival, how it started. We'd just love to hear about that. Awesome, Isaiah. Thank you so much. And uh, I remember the story of us talking on the phone and a little backstory to that. Uh, I had a, a guy in our church say, hey, you need to check out this guy from California. And I always say punk little kid because you always had your little hoodie on. Yeah. Uh, he's preaching and he's, you know, God's completely, you know, kind of wrecked his life and, and, and rescued his life. And and I'm like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like two weeks later, the guy's like, hey, have you have you watched old YouTube videos of this kid? His name's Isaiah Saladar. I'm like, no, he's a why haven't you? I told you to do that. So finally, I'm at, I, at the time I owned an insurance agency and I was uh, back in my office. And so I go ahead and Google it and, and I start watching. Uh, it was a clip of you actually in the house mm. and you were preaching in the house. And and I remember looking down the comments. Everyone's like, why has he got a microphone? And then someone says, because there's people outside the windows. And uh, <laughs> and so I, I was not even not I, and I, my the gal that worked for me. She she knows this. Um I wasn't 30 seconds into you preaching. And I remember I was sitting back in my office and I, I remember just getting up, shut my door. I went back and I listened another 30 seconds. And I just, I, I slumped out of my chair. I got on my knees and I just had tears coming down my face of just conviction of just, of, of just revival and seeing you just red hot. And, you know, you know, I've been around past you for a lot of years and, and we both say this, we don't like seeing people that are more on fire for us in that on, moment, in that time. You know, I just I, I, I so love seeing people in love with Jesus and and hearing that fire and that conviction in you. And I just sat there in tears in my office and and I got on my, my Facebook messenger right at that point. So I got to get a hold of it. I got to know this guy. Come and uh, and then next thing you know, uh, you know how you came and spoke is because I I convinced I just traded a, a, a youth conference. We never we weren't having a youth conference at the time or young adult conferences. And I was like, how am I going to talk to Pastor Steve about having those kids? So I'm like, I'm going to create this youth conference and, and have Pastor Steve bring him in. And, and we did. And it was such a powerful time and and what God is doing. And, and a little backstory about me and my testimony. Uh, I always say that the devil uh, ev evangelized me because I was a uh, 15 year old kid, teenage kid. And I was on drugs and doing that whole scene of drugs, yeah. the girls and everything that comes with it. And uh, when I was 15 years old, my brother died of a drug overdose. He was 20 years old. Wow. And I went through the spiral of all that. And uh, during that time, you know, fast forward, I was 19 years old and had just plunged deep in the darkness, deep in the drugs, mm. in the girls and all that stuff. And uh, I had a mom. You know, there's a lot of you have moms oh. out there that are watching right now. Yeah. And um, we had a little incident, me and my mom. I came home and she had found some drugs in my room. I was coming back from college and. And she found some drugs and she was confronting me with it. And I said, Mom, I don't even want to talk to you about that. She's like, no, we're not talking about that. And I said, you know what? You're about ready to lose uh, another son, just like you lost your first one. Wow. And I slammed the door and walked out in Man. that moment. And and she started praying like, you know, she's a uh, spirit filled mom. And she started praying and and God said, just put him in my hands, which meant for her just stop praying. And in that a couple of days after that moment that she just did that. Um, all of a sudden, I started having a paranoia. I was at a party with some friends of mine. We were drinking and getting high a little bit. And all of a sudden, the paranoia from, from nowhere came. And I started being scared for my life uh, with these guys around there. So I got out of there, went to bed in my dorm, woke up the next morning. I was sober, and I still was fear, paranoia. I was hearing voices. And I went back home to around, be around some of my friends you know, that I knew. And all of a sudden, I, the first time I started getting around that party again, 
uh, I hung out with them. I was starting to drink, starting to smoke just a little bit. Not, I wasn't like, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't really that high. Just when I first started, all of a sudden I started hearing those voices again. Wow. And, and some of my friends' faces started turning into it. Only thing I can think of is like a, a, an animal human mixture is the only wow. thing and now i know it's demonic but at the time i didn't know nothing about demons i mean i wasn't wow. against god i just wasn't ever thought about god wow. and i was hearing those voices and that lasted for about four weeks extreme paranoia i wouldn't go to bed at night i would look out about five o'clock in the morning when i knew everyone was either passed out or sleeping then i would finally go because i thought people were out to kill me i was dealing with some drugs and, and dealing drugs and so just a lot of stuff and I was hearing voices, literal voices, seeing literal things at that time. And I remember talking to one of my buddies at the time. And I said, you know, what's going on with you, James? I said, I don't know, but I, I feel like I need to get religious. Come on. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And, uh, and so that's just, that's last, like I said, for three weeks. And it was extreme, extreme darkness, extreme paranoia, extreme fear. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I remember waking up my mother about four o'clock in the morning. I hadn't been to sleep. And I just, I told her, I was like begging her. I said, Will you, can we go to church? I wow. feel like I need to get religious. You know, no one preached to me. No one talked to me. I, I always say the darkness evangelized me. It just shoved me to that thing, to wow. God. And, and so I went to church uh, that next morning with her. It was on a Sunday morning. And I remember coming in real hard. And all of a sudden, they were worshiping and stuff. And I remember just for the first time feeling something. I remember just Come tears on. coming down my face. And I remember telling God in that moment, I said, if you'll take away this paranoia, you'll take away this fear. I'll Come serve on. you. I'll do whatever. And at that point, uh, I left there. The paranoia went. And uh, I, I got in. And I just got set on fire for God. I went home, started praying, worshiping. I mean, hours wow. and hours and hours. I was worshiping and seeking wow. God. And, and in that time period, within a couple of days, my mom told me, hey, I need to get you to this place that I visited. I'm like, what are come you on, talking about? I need, I need you to get to this place down in the middle of Missouri, uh, in, in a place called Smithton. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about church. I don't know anything what's going on. And so that weekend, she's, uh, some of her friends had already visited the revival. Uh, I jumped in the car. This is South Dakota. This is like not a, a two-hour trip. This is like a 10, 12-hour uh, trip to, uh, to Smithton, Missouri, Missouri. And I'm from South Dakota. And, uh, and so I went. And when I got down there, I'll be real honest, when I first stepped in there, I was like, whoa, what is this? I'm, I'm talking about, I'm just days and a couple of weeks probably from just literally being high, being on drugs, not even thinking about church. Not, I hadn't grown up in church. And mm. to all of a sudden being in this revival, wow. the only reason I'm down there, because my mom told me, hey, you need to get down there with some other people that have experienced something what you're kind of experiencing right now. And, uh, and so I went there. And then the second night, first night, I'm like trying to, what is going on and they're having a whole weekend of services and and i, I remember thinking like oh, i don't know about all this and i remember yeah. talking to a guy who had just gotten off of cocaine that had been in the revival been delivered of it and i, I remember looking into his eyes and i seen so much life and i said that's Come that's on. what i need that's what i gotta have i gotta have whatever this guy has found and so the next night i came back and their worship is powerful and strong it's, it's crazy there's people it's packed I'm not even in an actual sanctuary where Pastor Steve and the worship's happening. Gosh. I'm in an overflow room on the very back uh, wall. And at the end, they have a prayer time, much like you're talking about, Isaiah. And at that time, I went up there. I said, you know what? I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't leave anyway. I'm in the car with some people. I don't even know that I came down to this revival in. So I might as well see what, what, what this is. And I remember the guy came to pray for me. And all of a sudden, as he started 
saying just a couple words, the power of God Come hit on. me. And I oh. fell on the ground and actually slid underneath these old pews that they had in this, the overflow sanctuary that they use. And, mm. uh, and I was still conscious and, and everything, but I remember just electricity and such life hitting me. And I never experienced anything like that in my life. And I, and I remember just getting up, just stunned. And it, no one touched me. No one pushed me over. It was the power of God. I mean, literally, wow. the guy only said like three or four words. Wow. Three or four words. He didn't hardly pray. And all of a sudden, the power of God hit me. And I remember just getting up stunned. That's the only thing I explained it. Like Pastor Steve, he talks about electricity. He might talk about that a little bit later. But I was just stunned. And I was just overwhelmed by the presence and power of God wow. in such life. And mm. I remember just like, what is this? I did not know God could be so near. Come on. <laughs> I mean, wow. God is always someone far, far away. And all of a sudden the power of yeah. God is, is upon me. And I'm just stunned. I don't even know what to hardly to say or do. And I'm just like, well, what is this? You know, I'm a 19 year old kid, you know, and I'm just like, Ooh, wow. And so anyways, I go back that week after that weekend, I go back to South Dakota and I'm in my, in my room and I'm praying and I'm listening to old, this old revival fire cassette tape that was floating around back in the day and had all these old revival. That's what God had pumping into me from the very beginning. And I remember in that moment I was praying and I heard an audible voice. It's the only time to this day that I've ever heard an audible voice. And what I mean audible, I mean that I heard it with my ears. It wasn't inside. It wasn't Come in my on. mind. Uh, it was an audible voice. And, he, and, and God spoke to me and said, I've called you to that place. Mm. And I remember... I remember it wasn't even the voice that struck me. It was the presence. And I remember turning around, swinging my head back. And I, I really thought I was going to see somebody because I could just feel this presence. And that voice was just like someone was talking to me. Like you're, wow. I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. And uh, all I saw was my dresser. I, can, I mean, this is 20 years ago, Isaiah, Nico. And Come it, on. I can still remember it like it was Man. yesterday. I can, still, I can still hear it like it was yesterday. I can still sense what I felt in that moment. And I literally thought I was going to see someone or something, and there was nothing. Uh, but I remember hearing that voice. And so at that point, I told my mom and dad, that's what I'm doing. And within a week and a half, I packed up all my belongings in my car, drove down 12 hours. I didn't know nobody. Wow. I had no relatives down there. And I mm. find myself in this five-night-a-week or five services a week, <sighs> international revival. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people are coming every week. And this wasn't like a revival lasted a week or two. This mm -hmm. is five nights this week. We, we turn around Monday, Tuesday, do our laundry, back Wednesday night, just seeking God, worshiping God, praying for people. We have people from all over the world coming into this little place of 532. And I know Pastor Steve wants to tell some of that story, but it changed my life forever. Wow. I was 19 years old, Gosh. just gotten saved. And all of a sudden, my, I always say my on-ramp into Christianity was a full-fledged revival that was five nights a week. And these weren't like little hour-long services. We started, yeah. a lot of us to show up at 6, and I would, I would help set up chairs afterwards. I wouldn't get out of the church sometimes until 1 o'clock in the morning. And we're praying for hundreds and hundreds of people. And, and uh, obviously, we've been continuing just to chase after God, on the fire for God for 20 years. And I, everyone always asks me, you know, what is it about World Revival Church? What is it about what God has done? And I can only say this. I can't say there's so much to say, but I can say this one thing is after 20 years come on, bro. being in this ministry, in this church, come I'm on. still on fire. That's it. I'm come still on. seeking God. I'm still hungry. That's it. And, and a lot of it has to do with the man that we have on here, Pastor Steve Gray, and I'll just hand it off to you. I got some other things too, Pastor Steve, I want to share and you later. I, I want to say so this. You know. Yes, I want to say this about World Revival Church. When I think of revival, I, I think of three revivals in the last 100 years, in my opinion, authentic. I think of Brownsville, Azusa Street, 
and World Revival Church. I mean, literally, guys, and I know there's, I think there's about 350 people on listening right now. Guys, we're talking about an authentic revival that shook the United States, where people are driving in, flying in from all over the world. And what I love that you said, James, is they didn't just catch the fire, but now, you know, it started in 96. We're in 2020, and there's people standing here saying, I'm still on fire in the ministry. Thousands now launched into the ministry from this. I want to say something Nino just said in the chat. He said, we're so excited to see Pastor Steve, one of the most powerful voices of genuine revival in the world. He's a real apostle, spiritual father, and we're honored to be a part of the network. Absolutely, Mm. Pastor Steve, we are beyond honored to have you today. You are a general. um, I believe, you know, you are are a a general when it comes to revival and a move of God. And in America, I mean, you've led one of the most, and it's continuing, genuine revivals and so you the the floor is yours but i would love for you even to share some of those early days i want to hear some of it some of those early days of it starting we're just honored to have you pastor steve oh thank you um one of the things when i first met you and i attribute it to james too character but when i first met you and i heard you preaching the first thing i wanted to know is if you had any humility Mm. and because i knew if you had humility you could carry something. And the same thing with James. If he had humility, you could carry the power of God. Because wow, today scary. there's so much arrogance that mm-hmm. people think they already know and they've already seen that you can't get anything through to them. And that's the first thing I appreciated so with you. I thought I was really kind of shocked because your uh, preaching is very dynamic and very uh, uh, powerful. But then when I met you personally, I realize this is somebody humble that can really go mm. with God when you're not preaching. It's the place you go with God when you're not preaching, as James mm. knows, that causes you to go so where you good. need to go when you are preaching. It's backwards. So many people want to get the anointing when they are preaching, but they need to go with God when they're not preaching. And um, so it's a privilege to be here. One thing I, I, I want to say First, well, first of all, I want to say that people don't realize the Smithton outpouring made history because it was the first, and it's, it's just Americana. It's the small town uh, underdog that made big because there was no way. There's just no way. If, if any church in America could do what happened, they would do it. Uh, 532 people, no money, no people hardly. I mean, we just had nothing. And we had no budget. Uh, I had very small income. And uh, then God, I'll tell you the story in a little bit, but God broke through and the nations came. And it's amazing to uh, imagine being that pastor. I was a pastor for 12 years of a small little church in a town of 532 people. And then after it broke out and was a national and international to show up imagine pulling into that same parking place and just standing there and seeing people from uh, singapore or china uh, uh, korea or england or finland or wow. poland you're just standing there and there and you didn't even know they were coming they don't tell you they're coming and i saw people from japan and they would come and they would come and they'd ask me uh where were you standing when the revival struck you, and I'd say right there, and they would get down on their hands and knees and they would kiss the ground. Or they would come and say, is this okay? They would pick up rocks and dirt and put it in a bag and take it back to their country to lay it. You know, just amazing, amazing things. And I'm just watching all this. And to be a nobody, you know, to be a nobody and have it strike so hard. 
but we'll talk about that in a minute. So but good. Uh, the the one thing that I wanted to say first of all that is bothersome, I guess, and yet powerful is we could have revival right now. Come on, we could have revival right now. Mm. There, there's really nothing stopping us other than the people are not ready. The people don't know what to do. And the biggest thing is the leaders are wanting to keep the status quo. Oh. One thing I said about this virus stuff is my biggest concern is everybody. I'm, I shouldn't say everybody. The people who are controlling religion are just waiting for this to get over so Come they on. can go back to what they were doing. Come on, Pastor. And mm. what I want to go wow. back is. To, to what we need to be doing. So we need people like you and James and others to say, no, we want to move forward. This is a lesson learned. Yes. And uh, so uh, then when we, another thing that gets me is uh, uh, I led two revivals. I led the Smith and Outpouring, which is the most famous because like I said, it's underdog, 532 people, strikes, people from come all over the country. And then famous people came uh, politicians came, pastors came, uh, pa pastors that you, I could name, I'm not going to, wow. but if I named them, you go, wow, 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 those, they came, yeah, and when they came, I didn't even introduce them, I didn't even tell them they were in the house, you know, normally you get, oh, yeah, Bishop, yeah. Da, da, da. no, no, because we're going to keep this, come you want to come for God, fine, but Jesus is in the house, I didn't even come introduce on. them, and, and, uh, so all that all that took place. So that you know that's a great American story. But the one that you experienced in 2008 was another total surprise to me because in my mind you only get to lead one. Mm. And and it was a, I think it was a Saturday. Maybe James remembers. It was a Friday or Saturday night. I always get mixed up whichever it was. But I never expected revival to come in 2008. I just started leading worship. Uh, mainly as a, not singing, but mainly as exhorting worship. And by the way, music is my background. I'm sitting at a piano, by the way. Music is my background. And I was a ruffian, you know. I was a ruffian in bars and nightclubs, wow. brass knuckles. When I met Kathy, it's brass knuckles, knives. I had some people come wow. over and help us. Uh, we've been cleaning out our house and painting and now modeling and stuff. And they found they found switchblades. In oh <laughs> yeah, I get to explain that to uh, uh, That was my background, you know, and uh, different ruffian stuff. And then I got, you know, like James, dramatically saved and continued in the musician, writing songs and and had songs on the radio and all that kind of stuff. But then the word of God began to get so strong that the word of God began to overtake the music, mm. you know, and. Uh, and and so so uh, when this revival came, then I began to exhort about worship because I knew about worship. And I don't know what happened. It just flew in unexpected. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. And it took about two weekends for me and us to realize something was happening and people were coming. We said something's different, something different. And that was in May of 2008. And you got to be patient because by October, November of that year of 2008, people were saying something is so powerful. So I went down and I was a guest on Daystar and that book, My Absurd Religion, so good. that you mentioned, so good. I was pre-scheduled before, before May. 
to go down and be a guest, I think in November or whatever, to just be a guest and talk about the book. And I wrote that book thinking nobody of Christianity would read it because I wrote it mainly to non-Christians to tell them, I get where you're coming from. But anyway, I went down and did the book and we did the show with Marcus Lamb and they happened to have three or four or five minutes left over at the end of the program. And one of the people that worked there had seen the revival and they brought a uh, cassette tape or, you know, back or a v VCR tape of the revival uh, because they'd been there and visited. And they brought it down to the prayer ministry of Daystar just to inspire them. So at the end of the program, they had three minutes left over. And I'm sitting there as a guest. The cameras are rolling. Somebody comes over and whispers to Marcus Lamb and say, ah, you ought to play this tape from World Revival Church. And so they popped it in. And there was these people coming up and saying, ah, God did this and God did that. And they showed this nine-year-old boy walking around praying for healing. And people said, I'm healed and all that. And he, they played that. And at the end of the program, Marcus Lamb said, I am sending a truck to World Revival Church, a satellite truck, and we are going to air that revival every Friday night live for 90 minutes Wow! for one month. Well, he said for one month, and it ended up being for three and a half years, and that's wow. the one you saw and heard about. And it went three and a half years into 200 countries. So which one was wow. bigger? I don't know. The one that's uh, heartfelt is the small town makes good, mm. you know? But but I don't know the one that went in 200 nations. And now all of a sudden in 2008, they're lined up again, nation wow. after nation. I mean, we would have, uh, it was interesting because we would have 15 or 16 people from different nations there, but we'd have people from 25 nations watching wow. on TV. So the influence was very, very powerful. So mm -hmm. those are the things I've, I've led two revivals. Uh, and I had one pastor show up to me and he, he walked up to me and said, you Turkey. And I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He said, this is not right. He said, you Turkey, you not only got to leave one revival, on. you got to leave two. Yes. So he was, he was lovingly doing that. But anyway, I hear a lot about revival today. It's, it's back in the vocabulary. Mm. Uh, two years ago, it wasn't so much. I uh, hear it back in the, and, and, and of course, with this virus, it's back in the vocabulary again. It's very, a lot of different opinions of it. But um, if I were to sit down with you, Isaiah, or James, or whatever, all of us, and um, talk about revival, I would say, you know, I'm not sure you, well, I know you guys. Let's go to some, but let's pretend another. Mm. Uh, I would say to them, do you know what you're asking? Wow. Do you really know what wow. you're asking? Because a true revival, a true, absolute, real move of God, which James was there, he threw himself into it, both of them. He threw himself into both of them. One, he was the novice that just knocked him out and changed him. But the other one, he was, I don't know, James, if you'd say you were a leader, but you were, a, you were an upcoming leader anyway in 2008. But, I mean... These revivals were a real um, faith, soul, shaking, mm. I mean, jerking out everything, soul-breaking, a soul-breaking revival, both of them. And is that what people are saying when they say, I want revival? 
That's oh, so good, this. Pastor. Because this was an all, uh, the true revival was an all-consuming mm. revival. I mean, people quit playing soccer. They Come quit on, playing Pastor. Le legal, legal, uh, little league went away. Wow. wow. People quit going to movies. The teenager said, I don't want to go to my high school prom. Wow, come Imagine on. Imagine that. They said, I don't Do want to miss Lord. the services because I don't want to miss what God is doing. Is that right? Wow. You yep. hear that? Yeah. Even basketball tournaments, they go and say, okay. I, they come to me and say, my basketball tournament is this night. Uh, what do I do? I said, rush in there, play as fast as you can, come and on. get back in because I'll still be preaching come by on, the time you get done. On. And they'd rush yes. in because they didn't want to miss. I mean, it's a whole another revival uh, culture. And people didn't go to our people. They didn't go to movies. So good. I mean, it, uh, is that what you're saying you want? You want to leave all that because it, right, James? Right. It can totally consumed our lives. Mm -hmm. And like you said, then we did laundry Monday, Tuesday, you mowed your lawn or whatever. And then you prepared for the other line. You prepared for the lineup of people from other countries. Wow. And other, and, and the United States, I shouldn't say from other countries because they'd be from all over the United States. And they stood there and they stood in line for hours saying, help me. The hunger. And you know, they were all, and, at first, we thought they would be, you know, mostly down and outers of the world, but they weren't. They were the lost religious people. Mm. They were pastors. And religious people said, somebody help me. I got going. I expected this. I, I thought it would be such, so much more than this. And I'm lost. I'm hurting. It wasn't. And, you know, the problem is we still have it today. They, they were so excited, and they went and sat next to a backslide. Come on. Come on, Pastor. And they, la they sat next to yes. somebody compromised. They sat next to somebody, wow. a, a hypocrite. And, you know, hypocrisy gets on you. Yes. And then they got on them. And years later, that's, and now they're crying out, help me. And then the pastors, oh, my. They're, they're coming saying, I'm ready. I have hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds. I'm ready to get a divorce. I'm mm. ready to quit. I'm so hurting. I'm burned out. I don't even know what to preach anymore. Hundreds and hundreds. I'm now I'm telling you, I was not expecting that, but that's what we got. So at that point, we set in to say, we are going to rescue the new lost. Come on. Because before the lost oh. were the unsaved. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we realize now there is a new uh, lost. So that's what we did. And that, and, and it was amazing that a lot of famous people too, but hundreds and hundreds of pastors came both, both revivals. Now, Pastor Stephen, if, James you knows, me, if you don't James, mind me asking, I know that when no, you, when the Smith and outpouring started, I know this from your book and, and conversations we've had, you were pastoring before the revival broke out with Smith and, and you were as I know there's, I know pastors right now in the chat that I know personally that are tired, that are weary, that feel like they've ran out of stuff to preach. They might have a small congregation and they really do feel like they're ready to quit. And I know some of them, I've talked to some of them personally that are watching, but you were at that place when it broke out. Is that, is that right? Did you, you went to Brownsville, I think it was, and got the fire, came back. Would you mind sharing just kind of where you were at and then how you went there and came back? Just a bit of that. Well, I was, 
unfortunately, uh, forced. I might get a little emotional here, but... So good. I was forced, thanks be to God. Mm. I was like Joseph thrown in the well. I was forced. I did not volunteer. I was forced into having to become what God wanted me to become. I, mm. I, I wanted, I, I mean, I prayed for a revival from 1994. Uh, 1994, I knew revival was coming to America. It was coming to churches. And so we started in 19, somewhere in 1994, uh, prayer, prayer for revival on Tuesday nights. Mm. So we had Wednesday night service. No, we had Thursday night service and we had uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night. So we had three services a week, Thursday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, which back then, even in the 80s and early 90s, people were already dropping that. Mm -hmm. And so then I added Tuesday night and I said, all we're going to do is pray for revival. Come we don't on. pray for the missionaries. We don't pray for healing. We only pray for glory. So presence. And then we did that for two and a half years. And so then, uh, I was forced into it, though. We had uh, people. It's amazing that it was the very people that I that I that were very close to me, under me. Mm -hmm. I had people next to me. These were under me. These were my youth leader, accountants, and a girl uh, that got married that had lived with me and then got married. I I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know, but they forced it on me. They, they, I don't know. I hate to even say it because I don't like it to go public, but they figured out something that I was doing something with the finances and they deserve, I'll just say this, they deserve some of it. Mm. It wasn't true, but they thought they could get some of it. So uh, February 10th of 1996, I got a phone call that said, uh, if you don't give us a certain amount, we cannot be responsible for what happens. And I won't tell oh. the amount, but it was a big amount. It was a, a, it was an amount that, and I was so naive because I loved these. And I want, if they ever hear this, I want them to hear, I loved them. I love them. And I was so naive that I was trying to figure in my head. I said, well, I don't know if I can give you that amount, but I could give you 2000 It was a big, much bigger. And Kathy slipped me a note, and the note said, blackmail. Wow. And I didn't, even, I didn't even get it. And another couple went into the church, and they were trying to tell people, it's all going to come. But it was all, it was all, uh, they believed it was true. Mm. And it wasn't true, but so I immediately went to attorneys and the FBI got involved because uh, it was untrue and they, they fought for me and it went away in a hurry because it was untrue. And uh, the FBI made it, it was a felony against me. And so, but I wouldn't charge him. I said, listen, if you guys just go away, I will not press charges. Mm. Okay, so it goes away. Church is fine. Everybody's great. That's February of 1996. The problem is I did not survive it. Wow. The church survived it, but I did not survive it. These are people I love. What is this about? 
12 years. I've been preaching revivals coming 12 years, and I'm going, I'm going down here. I was devastated. Kathy was fine, probably fine, because she was upset, angry. <laughs> you know, anger can keep you going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My daughter, Bobby, she was attacked, but she was okay. She went back to college. It broke me, and I'm going downhill. And that's when I went, Kathy said, you've got to do something. And she said, why don't you go to, I, I went to Springfield to a thing, and they said, there's some kind of revival. Go to Brownsville. I said, well, I, don't, I don't want revival. I don't want anything. And she said, well, if you go to Brownsville, um, the church will think you're going to, you know, just go seek revival, and you can do whatever you want. So I said, okay. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not going for revival. I'm just going for a survival. But the uh -huh. church will think, you know, they'll think, yeah, 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 we revival. So they thought everything was fine, but it wasn't fine. So I spent every day in the hotel and went to the services at night. I didn't get prayed. I didn't sit with pastors. I, I, it was horrible. It was the valley of the shadow of death. I didn't speak to people. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. Mm -hmm. I didn't speak for people two weeks. The only person I called was Kathy. And, but slowly, hope, one night, hope began to come in. One night, God spoke to me and said, in the balcony, I want you to have a revival. Mm. The most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Next night, I want you to have a revival. Most ridiculous thing. I mean, this is ridiculous. I can't do this. I want I can't do this. I'm done. I'm finished. And the third night, I want you to have a revival. And he said, I didn't say you had to be the revival. I said, have a revival. Maybe I can host. So I called Kathy. said, I'm coming back. Maybe. I said, but if nothing happens, I'm not going to do this. I drove all the way back. I drove. I actually, I'm, even then I was flying, but I drove. I'll be honest with you. I drove to be miserable. Wow. You know, like a truck driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, miserable drinking in my beer type truck. <laughs> I didn't drink in my beer, but I'm driving to be miserable. So I drove all the way back miserable i drove in my parking spot finally sunday night at 6 12 p.m same parking spot and i pulled in and i heard the music going because it starts at six and i stood there and i thought oh god and i thought i am not going to make this happen i didn't know what to do i put my hand on the door and i slid the door open and there were the people and they were singing about 150 country church it was sunday night maybe 180 sunday morning but 100 which was considered a success in a town of 550 that was considered oh, good yeah. in a quarter you know, of the town there yeah so i opened the door and i saw kathy whatever feet away 10 feet 20 feet whatever and the only i felt nothing no hope no help god did not help me at all and i thought okay everybody's looking at me I haven't seen Kathy in two weeks. Go give her a hug. Give her reassurance. She's held the church together. I walked those steps. I thought, give Kathy a hug. I reached out to her, and I, that's the last thing that happened in my life. At wow. that point, the most biggest jolt of electricity, of light, of what hap must have happened to Paul, whatever. I, can't, I, I have no words. I have no words. I have relived it a thousand or more mm. times of what happened, the energy, wow. the, my God, the energy Come on. that hit me, that electrocuted me and lifted me up. And the, I can't even, I can't even describe it. 
the energy that shook me, and I just came alive. I oh. I, I wish I I wish I had better words. Wow. It just jolted me. I don't have words. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, every inch of everything that ever hurt me. Come on. Everything that ever, and not just then, but my whole life. Everything that devastated, hurt, injured, ruined, fear, every, everything that I ever was. Come on. My God, my God. Lift it off of me. And I became another person. And I knew it. And I didn't know what to do. Twirled, danced, uh, which was not me. Still isn't. But twirled, twirled, danced, jumped, and the whole church kicked off their shoes and ran down to the front of the church. And we just wow. jumped. We didn't know what to do. And from that, from that moment on, we, I said, I don't know what this is, but I'm coming back tomorrow night. Next night, I don't know what this is. I'm coming. From that moment on, we had six services a week for three years. Wow. Into the thousands of services. And people began to come. You know, they heard. And television shows broadcast. And reporters came. Thousands and thousands of people came. Wow. And it was, then James described it. It was so fiery, so tight. So, and the thing that gets me a little bit is, um, I'm really proud of people today who make the attempt and really push for revival. Mm. You know, I'm really proud. I, I agree totally do it. But the only thing that bothers me, if they call it revival and people come to revive that, and they think they've been to revival, yes. then they think, okay, I've been there. Yes. But James knows this, my God, this stripped you, this tore you apart. This left you breathless, lifeless. I mean, I, 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 listen, I was crucified Christ. Come on. And I no longer lived. Wow. My life was over. I was dead and I no longer lived, and I was another person. And I might say this, through my years of theology trying to figure that out, I always figured it was the worst experience, that to be crucified with Christ must be the worst experience, and then I no longer live must be the worst experience. But that I was crucified with Christ, and I no longer lived, and it was the best experience of my life. So good. And so people wanted to hear, nobody wanted to hear me. Nobody cared what I had to say. And suddenly, when I prayed, people changed. Mm. When I spoke, people wanted to hear. And I try to encourage all the pastors that are listening, listen, why are you holding on Come to on. Come on, all pastor. that stuff? You, if you would really step into this, then people would really care. And people really want to. Nobody wanted to hear me. And suddenly, everybody all. That has to be God. And that can happen. We can have revival. If everybody listens, I mean, people just, we need just to have a find a place and that love God more than everybody else. And then just meet there and be so hungry for God that God would come down. Mm. I mean, I could lead it. I don't care to lead it. I don't have to lead it. I've done two. 
but it's the hunger and come and it's the hunger and desperation of God. God will come down, but everybody's so, so distracted and still try to make up their minds. I think so many people, the price. Pastor Steve, are you know they don't want revival to ruin their program and their kingdom that they've built. And so for me, traveling, you know, <clears> you, <throat> I think I always say this as preachers: you're the flavor of the month sometimes. So everybody wants to have you come preach. Everybody likes you. Everybody invites you. And then you go preach, and then you preach revival awakening, and they say, "Oh, that's cute. That's nice," but they don't actually want jesus to come because when jesus comes people are uncomfortable when jesus comes you have to deal with the demonic when jesus comes you have to deal with miracles when jesus comes you have to deal with like you said saying no to the movies and the culture and the music and it ruins everything that the church is building because i believe right now especially in america the church is built on a very carnal foundation and so i know pastors that say isaiah if revival comes my people aren't going to give and people are going to leave and you know the people that are that are wealthy in the church get uncomfortable but i tell pastors all the time you don't understand your people are are starving for a move of God. They're starving for the power of God. They're hungry to see awakening and revival in your church. But I, th- I think of the man at the tombs, how they're okay with him being at the tombs. They're okay with him being out of his mind. They're okay with him being screaming naked, cutting himself. But then he comes in his right mind clothed and they're afraid. And then they beg Jesus to leave. And that's to me, wow. such a picture of the American church. I know you preached on that recently. It's such a picture of the American church, how we are afraid of, of God actually changing the people that we like to preach about so we say oh there's lost people out there there's drug addicts out there then they start coming to the revival getting changed delivered and as comfortable religious people they threaten our little kingdom and our system that we've built and um, i think man i I really think for pastors for leaders we have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone we have to be willing to move aside i know at world revival church one thing is you know the holy spirit has the agenda he has the schedule he's able to move and adapt and change and i've traveled pastor steve so many places james you know this and the pastor say okay we want revival we're glad you're here here's the schedule you know 14 minutes to preach three minutes uh, offering two minute altar call and i'm thinking where in this 22 minute service are we allowing the spirit of god the power of god to move we've tried to make such a commercialized american church jesus and i really think that we got to get back to the jesus of the bible letting god come in and like you said he he's gonna wreck our plans he's gonna wreck our nice programs and our and our agendas yep well one thing too you know i i i think to myself you know i have so much experience in this and i don't want to i don't want to take over anything i you know i was so busted up i don't there's nothing arrogant about this i've been so busted up i yeah i used to have reporters come and say you know uh with all the attention back then because i got so much attention and so many reporters and so much TV, they come to me and say, how do you stay, you know, humble with all the attention you're getting? How do you not get prideful? And I'd say to them, listen, if you've been through what I've been through, you would never ask such a stupid question, you know, but I, all these pastors that want something, you know, they like when revival hit in Smith, nobody left. I lost no people. When revival hit in 2008, James was there. We lost no people. So good. We gained people, but it was done with a foundation. And all these pastors that want to do it right, they would, revival solves, it creates some problems, but it solves most problems. Yes. Your finances will go up. Yes. Your crowds will go up. Your joy will go up. Your commitment will go up. The loyalty to you will go up. And then they do everything backwards. And I would like to help so many people, but then I, uh, you know, like, um, 
I shouldn't probably name him, but a very well-known person in our country said to me, you know, Steve, the pastors are afraid of you. They're afraid of you. And I said, why are they afraid of me? Because I, I, I have a good sense of humor, right, James? Yep. I like to have fun. I love to, I love to make people laugh. But uh, he said, they're afraid of you because they're afraid you might be right. Wow. You know? And they're, but, you know, they, they want revival, but they're either afraid that, they, that whatever they say is revival is not revival. Mm. Or they like to say, well, there's different camps. You had your flavor of revival. We have our flavor of revival. Or they like to, or they believe that whatever they have experienced is all there is. Wow. That there's no more. You know, this is it. Whatever I've experienced is it. And I would be so willing to help. I, I know there's a few people from, I think, there's a few people maybe from Detroit that are watching or will watch later. Mm. God bless them. They have asked me to come and they have opened their hearts and tell us everything, everything, everything. They're so wise because I don't want anything. Mm. But there's so little, there's so few people left on the earth that have really experienced the real flow. James, yes. I watched, James, I watched you when you, I'm going to get teary. Ah, got it. I watched James when he went so lost in God that I don't know if he was here in the body or out of the body. Wow. And then I have other people that say this is revival. And I lo God love you. God, I don't want to criticize because you're trying. But you could use a little help. Come on. You know, because if I go and I see the, it, they call it revival, but the teenagers <clears throat> are playing on their phones. Come on. Come on. Or there's just 50% of the people have their hands up and the other are just standing there. And wow. the platform, the people are dancing around. Okay, God bless you. But we can, I can help you do better than that because, as you said, you come to World Revival Church. It is explosive yep, yep. even today. And you know what? I said, we're not even calling it revival mm. because we know there is an element. We're not there yet from where we were. And yet there is an element of high revival we're going to. What so we're going good. to, we're not even there with where we're. And it's going to be better than where we were, right, James? Absolutely. Uh, but but it's the, the the intensity this consumed. You couldn't even stand. You can't mm. think. You melt, right, James? You That's can, right. You can describe it better than me, and I think to share. So I'll let you share. Uh, well, I know. Just I think what you're saying too, Pastor Steve, and I think I want everyone that's out there watching continue to share this out. I want this thing of authentic revival getting out. And the big difference, Isaiah, you know this. You've been around Nico is you can have stronger preaching. You can have a little fiery preaching. You can have a better worship experience. Mm. You can have better worshipers. And trust me, right now, the body of Christ has gotten great at worship and, and, and singing and all the songs. But there's one thing you can't do. You can kind of rev up your sermons. Come on. You can kind of get some better, louder music. But you cannot have a release of power. You can't just create right. that. You can't so have good. the power of God begin to move in a building or among a people and that's the difference where something from heaven comes into the room, where it's not just music, it's not just preaching, it's something not of this Come world on. coming into our world. And you can't see it, but you can sure feel it. 
And sometimes people can see it. I mean, sometimes it, it expresses itself and manifests itself in that way. And the power of God comes in. And that's something that a lot of places don't have. They might have convicting preaching, which we need convicting preaching. They might have some powerful good worship, which we need to have powerful and great worship. But the difference is all of a sudden heaven comes in. Come on. And you can be a it can be complete silence and you could cut like with a knife the glory and the presence of God and you get lost. And, and, and Isaiah, I've been in so many services where it's like, I don't like everything that's physical around. I get lost and I, I don't even like, it's not even there. I know pastor Steve's described that way. Like the, the, the presence of God is more real than that, which I'm so looking. I've, I've been so struck that I've come out of those services and sometimes just driving and, and my wife would make fun of me because I'd be I, like, I was like drunk or high. Cause I'm going like 45 miles an hour down the interstate just to continue to be stunned by his presence. And, you know, I was preaching a, about a month ago and, you know, in the Bible and Chronicles, King Rehoboam, he, uh, it says this, Isaiah says this, and those watching, I, I think this is kind of a word for what's happening in the body mm. of Christ and where we're at right now. It said he became established. And when he got strong and established, it says this, that he and all of Israel abandoned the word of the Lord or abandoned wow. the law of God. And at that point, wow. it says because of his unfaithfulness to the Lord, it says that the king of Egypt came and attacked all of Israel. Wow. And so here he is. He's under attack because he abandoned and all of Israel, all the, all the people followed the king and they abandoned the word of God or abandoned the law of God. And, and the king of Egypt now is coming and attacking Israel. And all of a sudden, a prophet comes and speaks to King Rehoboam, and he humbles himself. He begins to cry out, and God relents. God says, okay, you will not be uh, destroyed by this king of Egypt. And we think, okay, all is well, all is good. Go back to normal. Everything's great and fine. A good Come story. On. You know, all right? He is in trouble. Okay, a king comes and attacks him. He repents. God decides not to destroy them or allow this king to destroy them. And all of a sudden, we think it's all good. But the, here's the problem, Isaiah, and those who are watching, is that the very last paragraph of that, of that story, which always in the Kings and Chronicles, it, it gives a little summary of the kings and their life, right? Mm. In, in the very end, it says this, hey, he did evil. Mm. Why? Why did he do evil? Because he had not set or he had not fixed or he had not prepared his heart to seek the Lord. Wow. That's how, that was a summary of his life. He said he did not, he did evil. Why? Because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. And if you read up earlier, he said, I'm not going to let you destroy the, you, but you and your people are to be subject to this king so that you know the difference between serving me and serving other kings. And I see so many in the body come of on, Christ. Come on. They're, they're, they're under, they're subjects of another king. They're subjects of another system of the spirit of the world because they have done one thing. They have not set their heart to really come seek on. the Lord, to really stay okay. hungry, to stay thirsty for Jesus and, and the kingdom of God. And I, and I, this is my one concern. I'm so glad all those who are watching right now, those who are, are opening their hearts. There's many people who never stepped foot in the church that are getting in on these broadcasts. Isaiah, and I love what God spoke to you. And I'm, you're the only one that I knew that God spoke this back in December, that what God is going to do in the, making uh, the kingdom of God go viral through the internet, you know? Come and on. you said that you called that and you're doing it. 
But listen, I know that a lot of people are getting this message, and even a lot of Christians are starting to get back, oh, I need to get back to God. I need to get back to prayer. I need to start seeking, which is awesome, which is great. I'm so thankful. I, I know a lot of unbelievers or people who maybe been distant in their relationship with God who are getting closer now to him, you know, are, are, are opening our hearts at least to, God, what do you want? Or how I want to know you. But here's my concern, Isaiah. Mm. Here's my concern for the body of Christ is that we're going to be much like King Rehoboam. Mm. During a crisis, during a pandemic, when the virus hits our nation, we all gather together. We all humble mm. ourselves. Yep. We yep. start to pray. And as Good. soon as it gets lifted, as soon as the king of Egypt leaves our nation, as soon as this virus leaves, everyone just goes right so back. So true. And the church becomes evil. Why? Because it never, ever sets his heart. Come on. It never fixes his heart to continue to seek God. See, we're really good as a body. The church is really good at seeking him in the valley. Yeah, yeah. We just don't know how to seek him on Come the mountain. On. Come on. Wow, that's so good. We know how to seek him when we're in despair. We don't know how to seek him when we have plenty. And one of the great things that I've learned in revival and through Pastor Steve, yes. whether we have plenty or whether we're in famine, whether we're on the high, whether we're on Come TV on. or whether we're not on TV, whether people are coming from all over the country or all over so the world. So good. Or they're not. I have set myself, I've set my family, I've set my wife and my our church to seek God. Yes. To, wow. to, to, to seek place and to be known from and I, I, I don't want that for our nation. I don't want it for those who are maybe just you're just putting your faith in Jesus. Listen, I want you to happen what happened to Isaiah, what happened to Nico, what happened to Pastor Steve, what happened wow. to myself. We got set on fire. Yeah. And now twenty years later, from what happened to me when I was nineteen years old, I'm still on fire. I have to update that as 21 years. I guess I'm 40 as of come this on, year. Come on. Arr! Come on. <laughs> ah, that's, yeah, I don't like that. But anyway, <laughs> it's still the truth. The truth is the truth. But I want people, Isaiah, Nick, I want people to continue to seek and come to step. On. This is how you, this is how you continue. Mm. This is how you don't stay subject to that depression. Yep. This is how you don't stay subject yep. to that addiction to pornography or drugs. So many Christians keep on following the cycle. Why? Because they do something evil. No one thinks of evil of not seeking the Lord. Mm. They think of evil as this or, you know, drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever thing out there. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says this, he did evil wow. because of one thing he did not set. He did not prepare. He did not fit his heart. Pastor Steve, at the end of his services all the time, he leads us in a prayer. And at the end, he says, and I'll never change my mind. Wow. See, Pastor Steve talked about, he preached sermons. You should get them out there in one of his books, too. I think he talks about it, but a life with no options. So good. See, when you, that's revival. Yes. That's a real move of God. That's when you know you're in the kingdom of God, when you give yourself no options. So good. That for, from this day forward, Isaiah when we're old and doing this online or whatever platform we have, when we're really, really old, we're in our 80s and we're still preaching, we're still talking about revival, we're still seeking God, that's to the very last breath. From the very last breath, that's the person that's... And you know what was crazy about King Rehoboam? He's the son of Solomon and the grandson of King David. Mm. He's only two generations away from King David, the one who says, this one thing I ask of you, Lord, this one thing I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to gaze upon your beauty and to seek your face. That's, that's his grandson, Rehoboam. Wow. He, didn't even listen to the, he didn't listen to what uh, his granddad said to his father. You guys so know this good. in First Chronicles. I'll just read this real quick. It says this. This yeah. is King David. 
King David says this to Solomon. Now set your heart. This is First Chronicles chapter 22. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build the sanctuary of the Lord. He went on to say, uh, my son, Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion. And that's just, that's his father and, and grandfather. He should have heard those. And, and, I'm, and that's what I'm concerned about. I know Pastor Steve has been raising me up for many years. And, you know, I got revival in my blood. I got that word of God in my blood. And it's, it's to see a generation continue to seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, you know this. How many people showed up to the revival? Come how on. many people Come showed on. up to Awakening 209 yep. over yep. the years that are no longer serving yep. him? Yep. Who got touched, who experienced and tasted the good things of God, and they're no longer. Pastor Steve and I, we wouldn't want to sit down and put together a list like that. We'd cry too much. Yep. We'd be heartbroken too much. But here's the fact that some people do not ever set their heart. And I want with all my heart, if you're watching out there right now, Okay, I know we're in a time of a crisis in our nation. I know your heart's being turned back to the Lord. I know the Spirit of God is moving. But I want you to make me a promise. I want you to make more than me, make the Lord a promise that from this day forward that you are going to set your heart to always seek God. You're not going to give yourself another option. Not when this pandemic, not when you get your job back, not when this virus, you're not afraid anymore. And then you're going to forget him. And that's always the trouble with the church. It's always the trouble for Israel. As soon as it got good, they would forget him. Yes. And the fire of God goes away. And we're we're just repeating the cycle, the cycle, the cycle, trouble, revival, fall away. You know what? And I, you know, I got four boys. Come on. I got four children, 17 down to five. And I'm getting tired of this generations always have to go back to Egypt. You know, the church doesn't even have a message of those who are actually born in the in 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 the promised land the church really church-wide they don't even have a message we only have a message for people either that start out in egypt or backslide to egypt and have to get back into the promised land and i'm believing for a generation it says you know i'm tired of the cycle i'm gonna break the cycle i'm gonna stand on my i'm gonna stand on the 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 shoulders of my father and my Mm -hmm. my grandfather and i'm gonna continue to run with this thing i'm gonna continue to seek god and and i want that you know i don't want us to be like rehoboam i don't want that and and so anyways, I'm just No, I think I think James I know I think James is so good what you said because once you experience and I know there's people in the chat that are agreeing with you, once you've experienced the power, the presence and revival, you can't settle for the smoke. You can't settle for status quo. You can't settle for a dead religious church. You know, people often ask, "Well, would you ever go back?" I'm going, "What would I go back to?" When you're born in the fire, when you're born in revival, when you experience the touch of God, you can't go back to anything. It's not, you don't want to go to the movies. You don't want to go to the music festival. You don't want to go to the concert. You don't want to do any of this because you've experienced something greater, something higher, something more. And I really believe there's a, there's a church right now in America. As you said, Pastor Steve, my greatest fear is that this whole pandemic is over and we would go back to business as usual. I'm thinking about the book of Acts and I was thinking today, they didn't even have buildings in the book of Acts. We don't see Paul saying, oh, Timothy, I love the new building that you made. Or, or you know, I love the new uh, the new sanctuary that you built. I can't wait to get back and preach in it. They were meeting from home to home. They were preaching on the streets. They were meeting in schools. They were renting rooms. And they were having revival and awakening. And I believe even right now, before we go back, I don't know, it looks like maybe a month, two, three months. I'm not sure. But I'm saying, God, I want revival right now. I want awakening right now. I want revival in my marriage. I want revival in my family. I want the move of the Holy Spirit in my everyday life. I'm not going to wait. And I want to tell somebody in the chat, 
Stop waiting until you go back to your dead church to have a move of God. Now is the time for you to lay down an offering, lay down a sacrifice, and realize there's no plan B. Pastor Steve, I remember years ago you were preaching a message, and you may have said this multiple times, but I was listening to you preach, maybe it was five years ago, and you said one thing you're so confused about in the American church is when pastors experience revival, and then they have revival, and they say, okay, let's have revival on Sunday night, and then let's have normal service on Sunday morning. And you, you, you've said that many times. And I'll never forget thinking how common that is in the church. We always say, okay, let's have our nice sanitized service on Sunday morning where we'll be a nice place for the family. And then Sunday night, we'll just go crazy with the move of God and crowd for revival. But you said in your sermon, you said, if we're having revival, why would we not have revival on Sunday morning? Why would we not have revival on a Wednesday night? Why is it that we've compartmentalized revival and said, oh, this is just a special service we're going to do as opposed to if the move of God comes, if you're a pastor, you're crying out or you're a believer, if revival comes, make that your priority, make that your agenda, make that your, your main course, instead of revival being a side or an appetizer, you know, pastor Steve, I, I was listening, you preach that. And I said, man, that's so true. So many pastors you've seen and I've seen that have revival or, or, or experience a touch of revival. And then it kind of wears off because it's not a priority. It's not something they're contending for and crying out for. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, the river's going to come and then everyone's going to be hungry for revival. But I tell people you have to be hungry before the river comes. You have to be yeah. having the prayer meetings and stirring up the desperation yeah. because God's economy and God's system works on desperation. Desperation hunger is the currency for revival. I mean, if you don't have that, you can't have a move of God or experience revival. And Isaiah, even thinking about like um, my personal testimony, there was many times where I was drawn to God when I faced a specific problem. Like you're saying, James, it's just so good because, you know, people are scared right now. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's stress. And people know in their hearts that God can relieve that, that Christianity can relieve that, that religion mm. in general, honestly, can relieve a lot of that because what it does is it's putting a hope past the fear and it's giving somebody something to lean on for right now. But what's happening is, is we're looking at God as a people to change our ex ex external problems and be that solution, but we're not looking at him to change our internal problems, mm. which are causing the external problems. Good. And so that's good. That's really good. Things around us fixed. And then once those things are fixed, we want to still, but the thing is, is we remain the same. We're, we're actually, you know, we're changing a little bit of our mindset in the moment, but we're not being reborn, right? Because when I encountered God, it was so ridiculous to me. It's even hard for me to explain sometimes to people because I, it was such a different switch that like it, that truly being reborn is like, it's so hard to, to, to bring into words because I was literally this person dealing with these things. And then the next day I wasn't an alcoholic come on, anymore. Come on. I wasn't a drug addict anymore. I wasn't violent and, and, and filled with rage anymore. Like, but it was just like, it was so drastic because I was truly reborn. My problems weren't solved. I was a different person. So I didn't had deal with those problems anymore. And so I, I, I don't know. I see a lot of um, even like in the midst of of trying to bring revival, even the word, the terminology of revival to my unsaved friends. You know, a lot of them look at it like I need a quick uh, a fix. Right. I need to be like revived for a bit because I've, I've got, um, you know, weary or something. But it's not it's not that's not the type of revival. The type of revival is being dead and so literally good. coming back to life as somebody else. And so. Um, 
You know, it's not hype. It's not clickbait. Like God is doing something right now. And we have an opportunity to respond differently than the rest of the world. And I think it's very, very important that we take this time to respond that way. So good. So good. Yeah, I um, was just thinking uh, how how we can solve some of this. And people sometimes realize it. One thing I was reflecting on again, on past revivals, which we don't want to do that too much, but uh, people think they've seen there, been there, done that. And mm. I was thinking all the countries that I've been to, like Singapore, uh, uh, Singapore and, uh, well, just all the countries down there, and Australia, and, uh, you know, you go to those, and the, the hunger was there, and people think that they've seen revival, but I would get done preaching, and even you saw them on Daystar, where hundreds of people mm -hmm. would rush forward. I would go down to those uh, countries, and hundreds of people would, just like Jesus, would just mob Jesus. They were so hungry for God, they would just slam me wow. up against the altar, slam me up against the wall. And so part of our problem is that desperation, as you've already said. We not quite there yet, and I would like to see whatever's happening around us trigger uh, some people to push themselves in that. But the other thing that we sometimes forget on our side of the ministry is that God uses a person, and we sometimes get the idea. I've been to places where they're praying for revival, and they're just sort of looking up to heaven, bring revival, come down, come down. And it's sort of like, it'll just happen. But God's looking for a person that can carry. So and it's good. that person. And that's the harder part uh, to take it. And right now, let's take, I mean, we could, we could name revival-ish type people. I'll just say that so we don't really put it on anybody particular. But revival-ish type person. And I can think of some people, Okay. But the problem is those people are maxed out. They've peaked already. Mm. They are preaching the best they know how to do. Their services are as good as they know how to do. They're reaching people as best as they can in their services. But that's it. Unless mm. something else happens, that's it. I know some people that say they're in revival. Good for them. No criticism at all. Good for them. And they're in revival, but that's it. They're not going to go to that level of that, that we talked about. The, desperate, the people are just frantic, uh, hysterically frantic for God, where they smash you up against the wall. They rush you like you saw on Daystar. Hundreds of people would come. They would jump over other people. That's not going to happen unless that person goes somewhere else with God. Mm. Or something. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, we the people who are trying to lead and must go somewhere else or somebody who's not there yet must take charge because we're sort of maxed out. We're doing the best we can mm -hmm. as revival leaders. But I remember the way the reason it happened when it happened is because I went somewhere. Wow. Right, James? That's so right. good. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really being, uh, I'm not trying to be a somebody. I'm just being honest with the, with the boys here and so the girls good. who are listening. Those, it wouldn't have happened 
if I, I went somewhere and the people went because I went somewhere mm-hmm. and they felt it in me. And when I would walk into a room, I would, they would be worshiping and praising and I'd feel one spirit. And I would walk into a room like in Japan, there would be 2,000, 3,000 people. But I would walk into the room and the whole atmosphere would change. And mm. I don't even know how. In San Diego, you, you guys are in California. You know, I went in, there are 3,000 people in San Diego. I don't even And I would walk in and the whole place would change. And when we had prayer, a thousand, fifteen hundred people would rush down and they'd all want to be prayed for. And wow. so that kind of desperation didn't happen uh, because all those people were desperate. The person so good. up in front of them had something going on that caused a hunger that triggered that desperation that they came down and they were changed. Mm-hmm. Right, James? They were just absolutely right. changed. Right. And so it's balanced. It's balanced in that we need people, ordinary people to say, I've got to have something in this, this pandemic or whatever, these virus, whatever happens next can cause people to say, we've got to do something. Or it could be the stock market. It could be anything. It could be a world war. I, to, we've got to have God. But we also have to have leaders that go to another level. Yes. It can't be this level. We can't say, you people, come on, you people. Come on, you people. Come on, let's have revival. They wow. have to go. We have to go. They have to have leaders that went to the very bottom of brokenness and came out because we have to decrease. We have to break and we have to come out. So good. Uh, so much of Jesus that you feel it when we walk into a room. And I could tell when I would walk in these rooms, I just, hundreds of places I went, I don't even need to name them all, just these, there'd be thousands of, several, two or 3,000 people there. And I would walk in the room and I could tell the authority of Jesus took over. Mm. I don't know how to explain it. And the people instantly, instantly wanted something from God. There's something in there. And I don't even know how to explain that, but the people who want to lead revival have to to a different place. And it's just a place of uh, uh, digging in brokenness. Um, James, you have better words than I do. You've seen it with <laughs> no, me. I think ultimately, ultimately the it's floor. the cost. I, I, yeah. It's ultimately the cost, you know, and wanting to pay the price. And that's what I, I, I love. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of looking at some of these, I got the the chat going on my screen right over here too, and just watching and looking at these people on here. And man, Isaiah, you can tell that there's people that are desperate, they're yes. hungry out there, and and that there there is, I think, something changing in the wind. And I love that you guys are being a voice for this. I'm glad that people are connecting to this, and uh, I do believe that there is a new thing happening. Mm. You know, we're digging. You know, and I think it's wise to always. And, and I know Pastor Steve, you know, talk with him. You know, we're talking a little bit about authentic revival and the fi- revival of the past because you, you can learn lessons and you dig back from the wells of before to, to give you a great context of what it's like to going forward. But I know uh, the, the great the reason why I'm still moving the way I am is because I have leadership or have people around. The, and the yes. People, even the members of our church, not just leadership, but just people that show up to our church, they're part of World Revival Church. We're hungry now, not for what it come was on, back in 2008, on. not what it was back in 1996, but we're looking for what is God doing right now 
in this world. And if it's what we're doing right now, then it's what we're doing right now on this on this broadcast. If people are coming in and, and I'm seeing people that I know, I know I've never been in the church because I know them personally. Mm. <laughs> I know who they are. I know that, you know, they haven't been in our church for a long time. They're mm. on this right now. And, and I, I know that's for on a purpose because God is, is wanting to soften the hearts of people. God is wanting to do an awakening. He wants to open eyes to the reality of heaven, the reality of God. And he is going to mm. do something marvelous. And I, I'm excited about, you know, and you try to like, how do we host this? How do you steward this? And it, it is something that we have to lean on those who've been through some things, who have led some things. You know, I love everyone that has an opinion who's never led at a revival. Come on, I always preach love, that, bro. I always love yeah. even people that are, are, are posting or whatever, commenting. You know, you you barely you haven't even hardly led yourself in a revival, let alone a group of people. Yes. You haven't led your family yes. into a revival yet. And now you're you wanna uh, comment on and how everyone else should be leading a revival. You know, first on, maybe steward that. your own life. Yes. And then you can maybe do and so but you have to, and I think it's wise for people like me and, and, and our generation, Isaiah and Nico, and there's this generation of revivalists coming up that we continue to lean on the wisdom and the and the understanding. I know you had Bishop on there last week, yes. Boone, and you guys are leaning out, and it's so important. And um Pastor Steve knows this, and like I said, I've been under 20 years. Uh, I try to be a real, true spiritual son because it's underneath that 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 I really you gain insight, you gain humility, yes. you understand the cost, you understand the things behind the scenes that no one sees. It's not about the platform. It's not about preaching. That's not where it happens, you know. Wow. And we want something. I want to move a God where, like, you know, like just like the old Joe Schmo and the corner, you know, and any little Timbuktu town Come in america on. i'm from i was born in a town of 300 in south dakota so i i know the small town and then i grew up a little bit in a bigger town in sioux falls south dakota but um i want to just joe schmo you know to be able to get access of god he wants that this kingdom of god this god of the universe that wants to come down and transform not just make you a little bit better you know the resurrection we we're talking about yeah. resurrection sunday uh, last you know easter here this last week and you know he didn't come to make things a little bit better Mm, he man. came to transform. He trained to make you brand new. And if you're watching right now, listen, you don't have to settle for average. So you don't have good. to settle the way you were. You don't wow. have to settle for a religion that leaves you empty. You can have God Almighty. I know this. When I was 19 years old, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about God. And he came in and he transformed. Like overnight, he transformed my life. And what I was, uh, James, before, now it seems like a weird dream to now who I am now. And, and God wants Come to on. get into your life. He wants to touch you. The power of God is available, the, the fire of God, the life of God, the breath of God. And Come if you on. begin to cry out, you can know him. Yes. You can know him. He can be so real right in your room right now, right where you're come watching. On. James, come on, bro. You're speaking. He it. can come right there. I Listen, no one preached to me. We're even preaching to you. You're getting the benefit of us come preaching on, to you. Come on. No on. one preached to me. And a hunger was put in my soul for something I didn't even know about. Wow. A hunger and a wow. thirst. And he can transform you. You're in a bad marriage right now. You know what? He can make it brand new. Come on. You're dealing with an addiction. You know what? I was addicted to drugs. You know what? He can he can break the power of addiction over your life. Yeah. I was my heart was grieving, deep grieving, grief, deep pain from the death of my brother. That happened when I was 15 years old at the time. You know what? God came in and he healed my heart. I remember the mm -hmm. service in Smithton at the revival in Smithton. I remember the service when I was laying on the floor, when, when he did it. And since that day, listen, I can't even, some of you, my family might be watching right now. And so my, my mom knows this, even the thought of my brother to this day. And, and from that day from now, I can't even cry if I wanted to. Mm. 
God said this such a miracle in my life. And I remember for the first little bit, I was like, am I strange? What happened to me? Am I cold? Or I, I can't even get sad about my brother. You know, and you think that's a natural thing. And, and, and God said, you know, like, well, do you, do you want to be sad? Or do you want to be, wow. you want to be happy? I said, I'd rather be happy than sad. He said, then just let me do my thing. Be, be wow. good with what I did. And he completely restored. And there's some people out there grieving. Listen, God can come in. Man. He heals the brokenhearted. He makes them whole. And listen, and revival can come to your house. The, the kingdom of God can come to your house. And, and right now, this is such an opportunity when you're kind of locked in your home. Yes. You can start to seek God. Someone like just asked, before. James, somebody you, just asked, if we can't gather, how can we have revival? So speak to it. You're speaking to it right now, but speak to it. Having revival right now. <laughs> well, well, you can jump on jump on Facebook with these type of meetings and these yes. type of gatherings. That's one way to continue Get to soak your fire. God. Because, yeah, most people... Most people cannot sustain a fire by themselves. Mm. You know, we all want to be individual rock stars and we all think we have it. I can tell you right now, if it wasn't because of the body that I was in, I wouldn't be on fire today. I'm, I'm not that good. I'm not that spiritual. I need to continue to be encouraged, not just for my pastor, Pastor Stephen K. I'm encouraged and I'm stirred by the little ones, our five-year-olds that are crying out to God. All right. So right now we're in lockdown. You know what? You have a voice. You have a Bible. If you have family, you can gather them together. I mean, listen, there's a 10,000 churches that are online about every day of the yes. week. You can join in right there. You can, I can YouTube the best worship in all the world in the click of a button. I begin to worship in my house. Oh, true. Yep. I can begin to prepare my heart. I can still get on my face. You know, a lot of people always want to, you know, they, I'm not really criticized, but they always say, well, you guys are just about the event of a revival, you know, not understanding that if, if we only sought God when we showed up to church, I guarantee you, it would not have lasted 20 years. Come on. If Pastor come on. Steve was only on his so face when he good. went to church, wow. and people mistaken that because that's the only time they seek God mm. is when they go to their church. Oh, man. But listen, that's there's a, a lot of us. Yeah, we put Preaching a lot of value so on, on coming together as a body. Yeah, we have a lot of value. You know why? Because it's always stronger. I get, I've been doing this 20 years, and I've been seeking God by myself, and I have powerful moments in God to this day. By myself, I'd like to go out to this one lake and seek the Lord in and, and my home now and, and different times. But there's nothing like when you get the body together. Yes. And so I, in this time, I will still fight if I see, you know, I'm not fight, but I preach against the devaluing of the collective gathering because it's still the strongest time. I don't care if it's in a home. I don't care if it's in a building. You know, I guarantee you every home that starts getting more people, they have to get out of their home and get into a bigger building. That's what happened at the beginning in the book of Acts. Mm. They started homes, they had to get larger, or they broke off and did whatever they had to do. But at the same time, when you're home, you know, I always laugh at people who said, well, I would seek the Lord, I'd pray more, I'd worship more if I was a pastor like you, because you just have time to do all that. Come on, No, I don't there. have as much, I have just there. no more time than you, because I'm taking care of everybody too. You know, like pastors Come just on. sit around and just pray all day long, because that's, because no one's got needs. Come on. But listen. Yeah. Wow. You have all the time in the world right now. It's not a time problem. It's always been a desire issue. Mm. It's always been an appetite issue, not a time issue. And so, so you have all the time in the world and you're still not setting your heart to seek him. And so I, I, I want, you know, so how do you, the question is, how do you have it now where we're not gathering? You continue to cry out. Yes. Continue to prepare yes. your heart. Continue to reach out to your friends. Continue. Right now, I think is the, the greatest opportunity we've had in a long time to reach out to people that don't know God. The people that are maybe distant, you know what? Yeah. And treat people, not everyone is like completely ignorant of God. Most of the people you call unbelievers have some God seed already in there. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, some of you need yeah. to just start talking to that seed and acting like so they are a believer because most of them are actually, they want something. They just don't want your dead religion that you come maybe on, been preaching or on. talking wow, about. But they do on. want life. They do want to know God. I've always, mm -hmm. if who doesn't want to know the God of the universe? I mean, really, everyone, if they could, they everyone would want to. And so start speaking to that, you know, start having prayer by yourself, your family, you know. You know, we've been we've been doing that as a home. We gather together around the church. We are having communion by ourselves here at the home. You know, we can. There's so many things you can do uh, without the gathering. At the same time, uh, I can't wait to gather. There's a reason why, even in the midst of uh, uh, times of trouble, that even the Chinese church would still try to gather. Mm. You know, and I like what you've been saying. And I think it's a lot of good wisdom. I've been watching you that we're not in a time of persecution. We're in a time of pandemic in yes. our country. Yes. And, and uh, I always laugh yeah. because we're 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 our our sense of real crisis and pandemic is us getting to be in my home. Stay at home. I got all TV. the food, a TV. We're on this, and so we don't really know what crisis is in America at all. And I'm including yeah. myself in that. But at the same time, I think we continue. You know what? He has taken away a lot of the distractions, and so many yes. people are watching right now. Yes. There's so many distractions. You can't go. You can't go plunge yourself in shopping. You can't go plunge Come yourself on. in sports. You can't go plunge yourself in a lot of different things right now. And God is removing all the idols. He's removing all the distractions to give you an opportunity to put him back in his rightful place in your heart. Just to put him back in the rightful place where he's important and he's valuable once again. And then continue to, to prepare your heart like that. So that's, I mean, while you're, while you're at home, you got all the time. You, I got, you got this thing called a, a Bible. Yes, you can yes. read it. You can pray. You can do all kinds gotcha. of things. Yeah, I mean, I can I can listen to all the fiery preachers in an in, in a click of a button. You know, I can do a lot of things. So I think we what's happening right now, in my opinion, I've been preaching about this from Matthew seven twenty four, is that this crisis that we are dealing with, this storm that we are dealing with as a nation, is revealing the foundation of people's yes, lives. Yes, yes. The storm, so the storm doesn't create a foundation; it reveals the foundation. So good. And wow. many people are feeling that they're on shifty sand. They're not quite knowing. They're little feeling a little shaken. It just is telling you that you've been building your life on not on the solid rock, but on the on the sand. Yes. And if you read that in chapter seven, it's it's not because they didn't hear, it's not because they didn't know, it's not because they didn't hear a preacher, they didn't go to church at some point, it's because they didn't practice what they heard. So they didn't good. do Say what it. they heard. The only way you create rock underneath your feet. I'm so confident right now. I'm not worried on. one bit about this. Come I'm not worried about all of it. Why? Because I'm. I built my life on actually doing the word of God, actually trying to do it. And in times that I've not been perfect, then I allow God to squeeze me and mold me and shape me. And I try to live a narrow life, you know, the best I can. And have I been perfect? No. Have I made mistakes? I can get my wife on here real quick. She can tell me, tell you guys all about it. <laughs> but here's the deal. The best of our ability as a people, we need to try to begin to practice. You know, you can read Right before that, it's just it's the Mount, uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. All the things about prayer, needy, all the things about you know how to how to live your life to start to do those things and 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 to seek the Lord. And and, and verse six thirty three, my favorite scripture that Pastor Steve first told me about when I first got in there. I banked my whole life on it. Seek first yes. the kingdom of God. Yes. There you go. You guys want to have a revival in your individual life? Make that a priority from this day forward to seek first the kingdom of God you're automatically going to start experiencing more of the presence and the power and the glory of God in your life. And so what happens is the people are feeling shaky right now because they haven't been doing, they've been listening, they've been going to church, they've been nodding, but they haven't made so the kingdom good. of God 
the primary central focus of their life. Good. And so now when the little storm comes, and this is a little storm, I'm just telling you, it's, it's, it's all over the news, but trust me, it's a little storm. So this is good. a small crisis and it's already shaking people. And I don't, I feel bad for those who don't know God, who don't, didn't have a rock to stand on, haven't heard. Okay. I have, my heart goes out to you. If you're watching right now, my heart goes out to you and I'm, I'm trying to get this into your life. But come on, there's so many Christians. You've been sitting in church. What have you been doing? Come on. You come shouldn't on. be feeling Go so there. shaky. You Go should there. be the rock right now for so many people. You should be the rock right now. Why are you saying? People are looking to you to be the rock, and you're wow. the one that's fretting, complaining, whining, you know, saying all these words come are coming on. out of your mouth of fear. And you're the one who's supposed to be standing on the rock, preaching, but you have not practiced. You have not practiced what you have heard being preached to your lives. And it's showing right now. It's being revealed by the crisis. You know what's, wow. you know what's sad? You know what's, you know, on, and it's even ahead. alarming, Isaiah, is that it's always too late to start to scramble and build your foundation in the middle of the storm. Come on. It's too late. So good. Some of you are kind of, wow. some of you, you are Christians. You've been serving God for years, years. Why are you now just scrambling? Why are you now just trying to seek God? Now you're you're back in the Bible. Why? Because there's a pandemic. It's all over news. It could kill me. It could kill my family. It could kill everybody. Oh, I better start reading this Bible. I better start getting right. Man. You know what? You're already on sand. Mm. You've already been revealed. You know, and so I think one of the things that I learned, you know, in the revival and, 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 and with Pastor Steve is that God loves to be pursued. Yes. And that there's a steadiness of just pursuing God every day and i know so many of you on this thing that i'm watching you guys chatting away over there listen mm -hmm. you guys i know something is burning inside of you you guys want to be vessels of revival vessels of the good news of the kingdom of god you want to have this and while i'm just i've been begging you from the first time i was starting to preach do not lose this so do, not, do not let this slip through your fingers there's habits right now that are being created in you habits of prayer habit of getting on this type of podcast or or habits of listening to worship and worshiping God together as a family. There's habits of your family life that's been reviving your family of just spending time together. There's that's all these so things good. are being developed in this time. We do not want to waste this opportunity that we have. We don't want to go back to normal. The habits that you are developing right now, I, I pray and I, did, I, I hope to God that you continue to walk this out. The freedom that I have in my life to fire this in my soul is because for the last 20 years of my life, I've been in a place, I've been around a people of fire, and I've kept that steady course. I've kept seeking first the kingdom of God, and, and, and I've, I've stayed close enough to the fire that when my, my life started getting a little bit off balance or started getting off the, the narrow path, that that fire would just be so like a rubber good. band and snap me back. And some of you need to get connected to someone like Isaiah, someone like Pastor Steve or World Revival Church yes. or wherever place that you know is just going for God in your, in your community. Yep. You got to get connected through the online or however. Why? Because you got to stay around it. You know, if everyone was honest, you know, as by yourself, you that's can't right. be trusted. That's right. By yourself. You know, that's why the Bible says, hey, why still today? Stir one another. Mm. Stir one another. You know, and that's what we're doing tonight. We're just trying to stir each other up in the things of God and the fire of so God. So good. And, and that's just my, my hope for all of you guys. So Man, good. I, I see so many people out there, you know, watching this. So good. Man, be before I, I, be to have. I know you guys are ahead. And so I really do appreciate you guys sticking with us. I know it's late for you guys. Before I let you go, Pastor Steve and Pastor James, Pastor Steve, I wanted to ask you, I know a lot of people have asked it in the chat, but I wanted to ask you because I wanted to personally as well. You've been leading revival for years. 
what is the i guess you could give us a couple things or one thing whatever you feel but what are the pitfalls or the hindrances that you've seen end revival or end moves of god in people's life or that have knocked people out of the revival i mean if you could just give us a couple you know nino always says i made the mistakes for you so you don't have to and so i know your spiritual father i know we even talked about when i was there last getting some young leaders and preachers together and pastor steve i was thinking now that we're all stuck at home maybe we could do a zoom call with a bunch of young leaders and you could impart into us because for me i look at nino i look at you i look at the fathers of the faith and i'm going okay i want to know what were the hindrances what were the things that you saw that were pitfalls so that i don't have to step into those or that i don't have to deal with those if you could just give us a couple that'd be awesome okay the first first that comes to my mind is let's start at the beginning of the the possibility of revival and then mm. we'll talk about after revival actually comes what's the pitfall the first thing the possibility of revival is uh people that have already set boundaries mm. like i meet people that even today come and maybe they're a part there they say well i'm a leader i'm a teacher i'm a, at this ministry name them but this big ministry or this one in this city and I, you could just name them this i'm part of this ministry that ministry this ministry and i'm thinking okay and they talk uh we're believing for revival and i'm talking to them and i'm going yeah but you know what you're never going to get it and i don't mm. tell them that but i'd like to tell them that and you know why they already have a set boundary wow. of how far they're going to go in wow. other words it's really simple they are i mean i'll just be straight i already know they have a boundary they're never going to speak in tongues wow no matter what mm. and i'm not trying to push that as a all encompassing but you cannot have i won't and i will that's so they, good they have a fear yeah. i'm never going to fall on the floor i'm never going to shake uh, I'm never going to, I'm going to stand here. I'm not really a great hand raiser. They already have set boundaries according to their denomination. And so in other words, it's got to be their organization, their denomination revival. Not gonna, they're just stiff as can be talking to me about we're praying for revival. And they have it like it's a street corner. We're going to pray salvation on people. And then we're going to send them whatever on, on their way. And so they're not going to have they're not going to have it because they have a predetermined God has to do it this way. And so they're washed out. Wow. And that's re, uh, it's more common. Than you think. And people come to me, they talk the talk and they're never going to have anything productive. So they have predetermined. So I tell people, you've got to be I came to the point where I don't care what you God, you can do anything you yes. want to do. If you are willing to live with, I say this, if you are willing to live without the presence of God, you will. So good. If you, so if it's good. not the, if I came to the point is I would rather have the presence and glory and revival more than life. So life is, good. I cannot go on with life. If it's more important than anything else, then you'll skip it. So it was more important than anything. And that's where it came to me. And if it's, if you can live without it, you will. So that's the difference when I, I pray for people that come to me and I can tell it, it is, you're talking it. It's not that important to you. It's just a doctrine. It's just a good thing. It's just a program to you. It's like, some, so that's the first knockout is you're never going to start it in the first place. So it'll be some kind of a thing that you just talk about. And maybe it'll be an upsurge, but it'll go.
So then the second thing that knocks people out after it starts almost uh, for hundreds of years is they get in the midst of it and then something, uh, they get offended at something. Oh, it's uh, the spirit one. of offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't ha- when we have the spirit of offense today, like, ah, it's everywhere. But it, it was years ago, too, and other revivals that people get offended. And, they, and the problem is revivals bring people together in a spiritual um, uh, unity and camaraderie so that good. you don't get in just going to church together. So, good. so it's an intimacy, it's a spiritual intimacy that is different wow. than just going to church. And as soon as you get people together in an intimacy, they get to be closer to people, they get to be closer to closer and then they don't know how to handle the hierarchy that god is going to set up a higher maybe your friend that was uh drunk before put them in a position of great uh authority or prayer or something and now you can't take it but it's basically uh and and in order and you remember the meeting we had about when you were there about revivals must be pastored Mm. and as and all of a sudden the pastor has to have boundaries of we're going to do it this way and that no we we can't just sing that song whenever you want to because it's a song and so now they're offended or they think that they have earned the right to position in this movement and you go it it just doesn't fit it's not right Mm -hmm. You just know it's not right because you've got to choose the kingdom of God and the move of God over that. And you hope that people say, you know what, whatever it takes to get the move of God. James is that way. Other people have been that way. Whatever it takes, I'll just do whatever. Just tell me whatever I need to do to make this work. But not everybody's that way. And then they get offended and out they go. And And James knows this to be true. People who rose to the surface that were well known. In revival, got offended and were never heard from again. Wow. Right, James? Never True. became nobodies in the earth. And they were nobodies when they came in, but they were given opportunities to be a somebody and they were nobody. So I think coming in is you already have set this is what it's gonna be like. I'm not gonna budge. It's gotta be this kind of revival. And then after you get in, even if you are pliable you get offended at the leaders or somebody man and it, it knocks you out immediately so, so it's the good. spirit of offense so yeah. good i love it guys there's I more want... but that's probably the number two number two that i see so good i want to say i wanted to ask you guys before we get off and first of all i want to say thank you guys so much for being with us for about it was hour an hour and 50 minutes in so i want to say thank you so much i truly appreciate it i know hundreds of thousands of people are going to be blessed by this are already being blessed by this I guess to close it out, if you don't mind, Pastor Steve, just praying over everybody watching, including me, that is hungry for revival. I know there's a lot of people in the chat that are like, man, I want this fire. I want revival. I've never experienced this. I've never experienced the counter God. If you would just pray over us that those that are hungry for revival, awakening, that God would just spark something in them, even in this time right now. And then um, I'll do an outro for you guys. But if you do that, it'd be awesome, Pastor Steve. Yeah, well, you tell them that when we're on and on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays, I have a Facebook Live. Yes, and I'm going to point them to after as well, all of your um, pages and streams. I just want to help. Yes. I just want to help. I just want to help. You know, I've been doing this so long, I'm not trying to help myself. 
I would love to help pastors and leaders. I'm very available, right, James? I love to help mm. people in ministry. Okay. I love it. Yeah, let's pray because uh, what an hour we live Thank in. You, Father, Lord. in the name of Jesus, we live in such an Who would have imagined that this would take place? But God, you are the God that can use everything. We can be thrown down a well. We can be thrown mm. into prison and you can raise us up to the point of, of in command, second in command of Egypt. Mm. You can bring us God in every circumstance. It can look like it's a terrible, dire circumstance, and yet we can have all the grain. God, I ask you to do that, to bring us to the point where you bring us that the people of God really love your name, love your kingdom. You bring us to the point where we are having the prosperity of the grain, the prosperity of your spirit of revival. And God, we just need to come to the simplicity of hunger and desperation. We got to decide what we want. And if we decide that this is what we want, we humble ourselves to live with people, to draw ourselves together, to learn how to use technology so that we can make this uh, a, a spiritual gathering, but also a, to use technology to pull people together around that we learn how to use technology to let the spirit go in power, that people wherever they are are touched by your power, but also to draw us together physically that we can be touched by your power. God, open our hearts that we don't have a preset idea of what you're supposed to do, that we are ready for anything, that you get to be sovereign Lord, that you get to touch us any way you want to, mm -hmm. that we are not afraid of anything when it comes to the kingdom of God. You can do whatever you want, that you can do whatever you want to free us from our bondages, to free us from, from our fears, to free us from our demons. God, we need to be a free people. We need to be people without any fear, completely, completely immersed into you, ready to be consumed by the fire of God, yeah, yeah. consumed by you in everything we do. I want us, God, to feel that presence. I want us to feel just overwhelmed where we don't know whether we're in the body, out of the body, we're in the world, we're out of the world, but we are swept away by the very presence of God. Lord, my last prayer is that this could be the generation that we are so filled with the mm. Spirit of God that there's no place for us to go. We don't have any place. We can't go higher. We can't go deeper. We can't go wider. And so there's nothing left to do but for Jesus to return to the people because we can't get more spiritual. We can't go deeper. We can't go wider. We can't go higher. We, we, we can't. There's nothing to do because the people have become so much in, in filled with your spirit that you can't do anything but come back and get us, to come down and get us right. in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let Thank it be. You, Father. Let it be. Deliver us from this virus. This is a beast yes. that you know how to do. You know how to deliver us from this beast. Come, Lord, with your mighty power, with the sword of the Spirit out of your mouth, flaming fires in your eyes, and deliver us from this beast and send us forth in a great move of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve. So guys, what I want to do before anyone leaves, I want to, one, after I, I um, outro them, I'm going to do a giveaway for some of his books I'm going to be sending out to you guys. But then two, I want to make sure before anyone leaves, if you're watching this back on Facebook, please, I've, I've linked Pastor Steve's and Pastor James's 
um, their pages, their Facebook pages are linked in the description. So when you leave tonight, and Nico's been linking all of the books, all of the Instagrams, all the stuff in the chat as well, but I want you guys to make sure you follow them before you leave tonight. Um, Pastor Steve, if you would start, I would love for you to tell us your what your, your schedule, like you were just saying, was. And then also, if there's anywhere else we can find you, I've linked all of your pages as well. But if, um, if you let us know your schedule, because I want my people as well to be in your streams, to be watching what you guys are doing, because I know they're hungry for what you're teaching, what you're preaching. Yeah, of course, we have Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday Bible Church. We have it's on YouTube and Facebook, uh, you know, all the things. Uh, and it's just good to get in the flow of that teaching. Mm. Uh, you're not going to, as James knows, he told me two weeks ago, he says, there's nobody else in the world that's going to hit what you're hitting. You know, right. you just get that. But also Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, I picked up Facebook Live uh, at six o'clock. Well, six o'clock Central uh, for about 30 minutes. But I'm talking about uh, this coronavirus. Mm. I'm talking faith. I'm talking about how to get through it, prosperity, uh, all those things. And uh, I've been sitting at the because I was a musician before. I've even been going to the piano, singing some faith songs. So those are great times just to get a little more intimate with this. And uh, so I would love them to join. Yes. Uh, guys, yeah, please I, uh, be in there, guys. I just want to help people. Yeah. James, I don't know about yours. Awesome. We're going to do this. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, you can find me on Instagram, uh, James Copang. Also, um, you can obviously on Facebook, too, on this. And uh, I'm around you guys, too. I'm, lo I'm available, too. If, you, if any of your people, too, just want to message me, awesome. uh, feel free to message. Um, I always reach out. And I do a lot of stuff through Zoom. and and just reaching back and forth with each other as a pastor. Um, we're just looking for people that are hungry that we can help. And so I'm available on those two platforms. And again, um, I help lead. Uh, we have our corporate prayer on Wednesday nights. I help Pastor Kathy lead that. Um, and that's you can go to World Revival Church's YouTube channel, or we have an app you can download, or Facebook Live, or you go to worldrevivalchurch.com, and it's on all those different platforms. And we're just praying every Wednesday. That's at 7 o'clock Central Time. Uh, we go for about an hour and a half and just praying and uh, just flowing together we'll be on there tomorrow uh doing that and uh, and again just all the links that you're putting up there so yeah we got hey, Isaiah. Going through thank you guys and yeah, Isaiah, I wouldn't you say too like if you're a pastor or leader and you want revival after this all lifts and we can travel again i think you would say they really need to come to kansas city yes. to get a picture just to get a picture of that unity the power yes. the worship the preaching uh, because you try to get what what am I what am I trying to do with my church and hundreds and hundreds of people come say oh now I know th this yes. is what I want yes and then you go and you try to get it and, and, so and those pastors absolutely those pastors that are watching that will that will go back and watch and then it'll be on YouTube tomorrow and the people from Charisma that'll be listening you got to get down to World Revival Church I know Fresh Start is in the chat they're having a great revival and I've told them to you know that's the one place that you got to get down to there's a fire happening at World Revival Church and so if you're a pastor watching. This is a great place to go to get away, get fresh vision, get fresh encounter. Um, and I know Pastor Steve also has a pastor's network as well. So they also have yep. a network if you need help, if you need someone to help cover you and to help shepherd you. And Pastor Steve has partner meeting, uh, partner conferences where he brings out the pastors, shares with them and helps them. Lots That's of something. educational stuff. Yes, guys, I'm telling you guys, I would, I obviously wouldn't be saying this if it wasn't the truth. I'm telling you, they are doing, the, they, I told Pastor Steve when I was with him last, I said, Pastor Steve, nobody is talking about what you're talking about. When I was in that pastor's meeting with him, I said, no one's talking like this in terms of revival. And so if you guys are hungry for that and you want that, I'm telling you, this is rare. I 
I don't take it lightly that they're on here tonight. I mean, this is really an honor to have you guys on here. I really appreciate it. I hope to have you again in the future. I know this is going to touch thousands. Yes, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you so much. We had hey, a blast, Isaiah. didn't we, James? We yeah, we it, had a right? blast. Awesome. Isaiah, one more thing. Yeah. I want to shout out to Fresh Start because I still want to get connected to those yes, guys. Yes, they're right here in the chat. Too. We he love you guys Paul down there. Watching we've been the watching what, tonight. Yeah, we've been watching what God's been doing down there at your church at Fresh Start. And so we've been praying for we you. Need to we connect just love you guys. Yeah. And I know you guys have a like spirit and and we do want to get connected with you guys down there because I know you guys are contending for revival and, and excited for what God's doing in your ministry too. So connect with we'll us connect. we'll connect yeah, yeah david schluter he's a pa he's a pastor though he said hit me up so yeah let's connect yeah. you guys and let's get you guys connected thank you so much pastor steve thank you uh, right. pastor james thank you nico we'll see you guys, you guys. thanks All guys. Right. thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the revival lifestyle podcast if you like what you heard go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on facebook youtube and instagram at isaiah saldivar see you next week